0: always looking for itches, sure. looking for their next best performance to do something they've never done before, which is, uh, I've come to appreciate that, John, is that the more I pursued this, I mean, looking at, and it's not, I mean, we, we can find these analogies, we can find the examples in athletes because these are very specific events for a very short periods of time, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. but you can broaden it out over lifetimes, I mean, people who really Set out to do things that have never been done before, right? Yeah, it is. Jeez, you know that's new,
1: new definitions of what's possible.
0: Yeah, and, and everybody has all kinds of those opportunities in their life. Where it's not because nobody else has done this, this thing, it's because I have not done this thing before, right? Which is just as meaningful, sure. You know, is, if not more so.
1: So like, go down that rabbit hole. Go down that lane that you're not comfortable going down
0: yeah
1: and then yeah, it's like know, says
0: do something every day that you have right hate. do what you hate because then when it you know <laughs> then
1: you know it's like when you if you jump on that off that cliff or you you're at that amusement park and you're going on you know, there's a scary roller coaster and of course you're scared shitless you know before the race or, or, before, or before the the ride and then you know you go on it and then the ride stops and then you're like I didn't die Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Let's do that again. <laughs> like my son, the first time I took him sledding up north in you know, upstate New York, and um, you know, on one of those little saucers, going down, you know, one of these big hills we have covered with snow in, in December, and you know, he's coming down that sled, and you know, he's probably three years old, and look of terror. I mean, just sure. you know, a- absolute, just you know, pale as the snow next to him. Just you know, gets to the bottom. What's the first word out of his mouth? Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. awesome, and so that's that's and it's the same kind of thing. You know, whether it's getting up and, and delivering that speech. I mean, a lot of us aren't comfortable you know, with, with public speaking, and you get up and you give that speech, and you know, and afterwards, you, you know, you realize that yeah, I nailed it, yeah. Yeah, I, I killed it, and and that's that's level of growth. You know, you stretch that rubber band for yourself further to a point where it's not going to go back. Yeah. And so, yeah, constantly putting yourself in those situations where you challenge yourself and you know, setting those goals that are going to be moderately challenging. I mean, we can't, you know, can't expect to set their super high goal and do it maybe tomorrow. Like, for example, the four-minute mile Can't think. okay, well, I'm going to go out and do that this afternoon or tomorrow. But, you know, we have our goal from a six-minute mile now. Okay, well, I'm going to run a 550. Chart course. Chart course. And if you, you know, and and, and it's the people that are successful, you know, just – You know, from a goal-setting standpoint, and that's what I always, you know, preach to folks is, you know, to write down your goals, but have a timeline. I mean, you know, they talk about smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, and, you know, and then the last one is smart. The T is timely, and Mm -hmm. so to have those time benchmarks that you're going to do it, and then, you know, the four-minute mile thing, who's to say they can't if you set the right time increments. Yeah. So the world record is... I, I think you didn't you tell me that someone had since broken that 428 yeah.
0: record? Yes, For the last you know six seven weeks ago it was 419. That's Guys, 50, 53 years old.
1: Wow. So yeah. so take nine seconds off at that.
0: Yeah. And that my original yeah my I had set out to in, in terms of my own time is not just at uh, four and a half minutes 420 because the you know the record was 429 change and change. 428 change and he uh, said well I, I have to reset it at 420 because I'm going to throw down if somebody wants to beat that record that I can't work at so he threw down <laughs> <laughs> so when is your next race when, when will be your next attempt formal attempt to break that record yeah my anticipation is in October with the Huntsman senior games down in southern Utah okay. So cross fingers at no
1: entries and you know. in your personal best so far was it four uh, four thirty-two three.
0: three. That's cruising. It is cruising. Wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about what goes into that. You know, yeah. Just uh, you know I'm thinking about what that speed is in miles per hour and just uh, you know, That's, just to do that for hundred or two hundred meters for a lot of people, but to do it for sixteen hundred. I mean that's uh, that that's a phenomenal feat and I, in, in the mile that's that's so unique because it's it's a it's a very unique blend of speed and endurance. Yeah. You know, it's not a sprint, but you know, it's not. Uh, um, you know, it's not a long five, ten, or, or a ten-mile thing or a, a marathon. I mean, it's you're kind of in the middle, so you're really having to balance both. Yeah. And so to you know, it's definitely. There has to be a lot of strategy involved in there in terms of conserving your energy, but also yeah. leaving it all out on the track. Good. Yeah, a lot Good stuff. So I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit. So talk a about how you strike the balance in your life between you know raising five children and being very active in your church, having a busy career as an attorney, training to perform as a runner at this elite level as a miler, and now recently launching the amazing endeavor with Elements Meals. How do you balance all this? Because a lot of people can, you know, say they're, you know, a master of all trades and or a jack of all trades and master of none, but it seems like you've done very well with all of these. Um, you know, as a, I mean as a family man and, and with your church and, and everything else. I mean, you're not just dabbling in these things, you're doing all these things and doing them
0: well. Yeah. I mean, arguably yes, but there's a, a every sort of has two edges. Every sword cuts two ways, and every coin has two sides. Uh, every success is a function of failure. This is true. Maybe that's just how it is. And so I could say I have five fabulous children, They're remarkable individuals. And they have a, a fabulous uh, mother. And uh, met for 28 years. Uh, which was—I mean—I uh, can't—I can't verbalize what that experience was because you know, it was about a six or eight-year experience of trying work. from the time it, the process was initiated to the time it was finalized. It was really a search for, to try to a, a search in earnest to make it work. Right, and. But it did, you know. Ultimately, it did, and I mean that was a it presented very significant challenges to me uh, psychologically, and spiritually, sure. and physically. I mean, the whole shoot match, and I think it turned it was it turned out as good as it possibly could have right. in terms of you know if, if there's a if it's possible to have a good experience during the divorce, I mean, sure, because uh, we didn't battle over typical things. With Kids, all that stuff right. it, was, it was very amicable, um, and uh, she's a she's a fabulous lady. She's a, she's a fabulous mother. Sure. When I did, uh, married up when I
1: married her. So uh, it's a traumatic thing, especially after 28 years. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been down that road, but you know, for me, it was you know, 10 or 11 years, but 28 years. I mean, that's. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, being yeah, with her, you know, longer than I've been with myself. You know? right, <laughs> right, right. When, it, when <laughs> it's,
1: when, you know, in that case, when it's such a, a large chunk of yeah. your life, yeah. you know, and then to be, you know, re, you know, starting over with yeah. a, a new life and a new lifestyle, you know, after yeah, uh, so that continuity. Yeah, it's that.
0: so you get to choose, right? You got to choose whether this will destroy you or whether you'll uh, let it. You down whether you can choose to be a student right. and stay open and sure. curious and learn from it. And I, I think that's, I mean, I don't think there's a single mm-hmm. point in time when you make a single right. decision like that. And those are decisions you have to make sometimes sure. 100 times a day. Sure. You know, or a thousand times a day, sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, days, some days are a bit better than others.
1: It sounds, it sounds like you were able to reframe that as a learning experience.
0: Well, yeah, I'm here.
1: And things here. Sure. and. You know, Here you know I am. it's like the old, the one song: uh, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end.
0: Yeah,
1: and so you yeah. it was, it was a new beginning, a new opportunity, yeah. and yeah.
0: But to try to frame it that way was an education. Because I mean, we're, we're all all of us are presented with situations in our lives sure. that we don't merit, that we don't warrant, that we don't cause. Right. Uh, we didn't
1: ask for it. <laughs> we didn't Ask for
0: it. But there are also those that we do. I mean, we do things that. You know, we take action. We don't want to suffer the consequences of the action. Sure. I was like, well, that's doing something stupid. You know, you're doing something, and you don't want the, and you're not measuring the consequence of what you're doing, but you're gonna do it anyway. Okay. Tell me how put it mm-hmm. worked out for you. But, uh, but anyway, the. So whatever success I've had, I mean, I certainly point to say, well, yeah, but you know, look over there, what what preceded it, or even what uh, what occurred prior to that. I mean. At that point, I had points in time I'd been a very successful husband. i have been a successful dad. But there's a point in time when that failed. And so you move from that, try to learn from that. Sure. And, and that has happened. Still happening. And uh, as a, so as a dad, yeah, I, I see my kids throughout this last year. Um, the, I've got my first grandson, and that's awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm, two of my, my oldest boys have been married in the last uh, Few years and that's been awesome. They've got wonderful, you know, wonderful girls. They've persuaded to marry him, and, and they're doing great things. You know, I mean, they're they're making really good choices, and I can see their lives. They're just watching my kids develop into great people. Um, I've got a daughter who's twenty one. is just a you know, fascinating individual as well, doing extremely well. And two other two other boys that, are, again, just really. And there are people I really like. I love to spend time with
1: people. I can it's tell. Just, I mean, I, I, mean, obviously, we don't know each other very well, but I can see it in your in your social media posts. I mean, it's, I know social media is only a small cross section of what you see, but I, I mean, so you can just tell in the enthusiasm and the words that you use. You know, it's just you, you can see how rewarding it is for you, and just you know, I, you know how much you love spending time with them, and you know just how how rewarding it is for you to see them thriving the way they are.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the benefits of these. We talked earlier about laws of the harvest. one of the benefits of the laws is if you do work, then you reap the reward. But yes. That's an actual law, and, and you can't defy it. Right. So if you do put in the time as dad, then you're going to reap the reward sure. for that labor. And Absolutely. It, may, it may not be on the time frame that you thought it would be right. or whatever, but but you're going to be able to experience that or as a husband or as a friend, or you know, or as an athlete. Yep. But it's great to know that there are laws that are irrevocably decreed, that if you will take these actions according to these laws, then these benefits or these fruits will come.
1: It'll come back around. It'll come. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, not next year, but no, I mean, if you, if you, you will are, see it. If
0: you're involved in agriculture, you know it is a practice of patience. Yes. Because you can plant the seeds, but they will not be cajoled. Right. They're going to grow according to their time frame, according to the weather, the dirt, the moisture, you know, the sun. I mean, they're going to react to that yeah. and, and their own strength, and regardless of what you want or your, your will, whatever. No, they're going to grow at their pace. And so it's a practice of patience. And, yes. You know, just being willing to yeah, be patient.
1: Incredible. Incredible stuff. So, Great nuggets here. So I'm going to shift gears on you. Oh, and by
0: the way, I'm a recovering lawyer. I don't practice anymore. When I started Elements, I just uh, <laughs> I stopped practicing
1: law. Recovering so. lawyer. <laughs> That's right. So, Elements. Let's talk about that. Now, I'll never forget how excited I became when I learned, um, you know, when, when my girlfriend Becky told me about uh, this endeavor with Elements and the product, and it's just it's it's genius. It's revolutionary. Um, it's well established, you know. You know by now through social media that you know myself, my family are huge fans of these meals, and I know for a fact that there's going to be countless more fans in the making here. Um, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Um, tell us the story about how this started. Talk to us about the pain points that you had, the, those white hot pain points, and yeah, you had with your nutrition that triggered the development of this product. So, I guess start us from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think it's a uh... It was a a natural outcome of prior experience. So uh, growing up on a small farm and appreciating the food that you get to eat when you pick it, being able to eat the animals that you butcher. Right. um, When you, you know, shortly after you butcher them. I mean, it's uh, picking an apple from a tree and eating it. But it's right,
1: literally farm to table.
0: Yeah, just right off the tree to the mouth, to your mouth. You know, it's and so the, I mean, if you take a golden delicious apple, you know, you know, late September, October. I mean, that's just. If you pick it then and eat it then, then it's you know everything else. Every other Golden Delicious that is harvested early is going to be a disappointment to you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, and, I, I grew up in apple country in upstate New York, and okay, when, there you when go. When the fall comes, there you go, and those apples come off. There's, there's nothing else like it. Yeah, there's. Yeah, and and,
0: and, yeah. and so our yeah, so our food supply system, you know, our food supply chain is is built not around that nutritional truth. It's built to circumvent it. Try to hack it. Hacks are exactly what they sound like. You know, they're not real. You know, they're they're an attempt at truth, right? Which means they're not. Tell us the truth. truth
1: about what's going on. You know, with when when we go to our supermarkets and you know we're making our efforts to eat at the outer aisles of the grocery store and yeah. to, to eat fresh or to eat, yeah. um, you know, the all these whole foods, but. Tell tell us a little more about the truth about what that food's been through by the time it's
0: gotten to your supermarket. Yeah, so this blends into this question, well, where do the elements come from? And really it came from a very from a very from a crystallized thought of what I want is farm food. I just want farm food in a bag. That I can eat anytime I want, anywhere I am. And that desire that Chris idea of, here's exactly what I want, came from years of not having what I look for. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I, for, I practiced for law for decades. I traveled nationally and internationally heavily. And I always controlled my, what I ate. And that took a lot of work. And so I would, and I would eat when I needed to, based on how I was training, because I was very fastidious about my training and... And my uh, and my nutrition for my entire life. Sure. So whether I was in a deposition or in a boardroom or in a courtroom, I mean, I was eating what I was going to eat. I mean, I've, I've had some really weird looks. What,
1: what What was the most, maybe not outlandish, you know, to us, but what, what What were some of the things that maybe appeared the most outlandish that people would see you bring into the courtroom?
0: I was peeling hard-boiled eggs in the courtroom. Okay not peeling them before I went in, I'd just, you know, peeling hard-boiled eggs or a- Objection, um, your honor. Yeah. Peel I'm
1: my egg. Yeah.
0: Well, I remember I, I, uh, there, was a, there was a product I was buying out of uh, Santa Barbara, this fellow who was making a, um, a, what he called the perfect meal, out of about 40 different plants, mostly green and it was a powder, and I, I called it, I introduced it to my siblings, I I, I called it farm, because you could open, he, he would make it, he'd put it in these one-gallon tins, mm-hmm. and you'd open that tin, and it'd smell like the farm. Hmm. smell like a, it'd smell like a hayfield, you know, with some barley in it, and all, you know, the different grains, but you know, that just, it just reminded me of the farm. Our sense so of I thought, smell is one of those things that, so you know. I just brought all those it, memories it just, back, so it, I just it, called it, I called it farm. So what are you eating? I'm eating farm, you know. So anyway, you'd uh, throw an apple in there, blend it up, and it would make this really kind of an ugly color, this ugly, ugly green color, kind of grayish green. And so uh, I, it was a, it was a great food source. It served me really well. But I remember getting some really weird looks Because I would shake that stuff up in the middle of some negotiation at a boardroom, and some guys look at me like, "What's that?" <laughs> And, so, and I had even put together, uh, no, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I had packed around because I had a very specific uh, shaker bottle before shaker bottles came out. I mean, i a shaker bottle. And, um, and how I make this. Anyway, I, I had purchased a leather traveling kit, like a dock kit, like a shape kit. Sure. A really nice shape kit. And that's what I used to pack it in. But it was still a shape kit. Oh, gosh. And so... <laughs> you know, I just pulled that out of my bag and i bust that open, i start mixing because I had the food in there, the, the bottle in there, and some other, you know, supplement uh, caps and stuff in there and and I just get the it looks like
1: That's a funny looking lunch box you like, got there. The conversation
0: would stop and I finally thought, you know, I finally, I'd get comments like, Well, what's with what the shaving kit? You know? Well because it works. Sure. It works. It's functional. So wow funny stuff but you know so you decided but you did did what you had to do to be
1: successful and and you know we were talking about this earlier how much nutrition is the part that is so overlooked by a lot of athletes they think okay well i can eat what i want i'll just do this much more exercise i'll do more reps i'll do this but it doesn't work that way
0: well you can you know your body will compensate for that when you're young uh the older you get the the less your body is willing to do that right even able to do that so um yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, you can't um, eat
1: Cheetos uh, and have a six pack once you get over you 35, can. 40,
0: 50. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, a really great friend of mine uh, told me he, he was probably one of the most, um, he had developed, he had, he had come from substance, from abuse of every kind of substance, uh, he grew up in, um, in Compton. And uh, just a very challenging upbringing. And uh, I mean, every challenge you think of, he went through every substance abuse situation you think of, he went through and made a decision to change his life uh, completely, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. And so uh, I asked him, there was a period of time for two or three years where we would get together uh, once a week and talk about what what did you learn this week? And we'd spend two hours on that question, what did you learn this week? And so we would share with each other what we learned Previous week, and during one of these conversations, I asked him, "What is it that drives your commitment to uh, nutrition?" And he says, "I—I I wrote this down. I, yeah, I committed it to memory. This is this is how we put it. Uh, I eat for others, not to satisfy my own tongue." Wow. I said, "Well, Matt hit me like." Embraces. So eat for others. that. He says, "I eat to serve others, not to satisfy my own tongue." And I thought, oh, I wrote that down. That's, uh, his name is uh, Garrett, and I was fascinated by that because it was a statement of a principle.
1: That's commitment
0: right there. Not a. Not a. It's a statement of a of a principle. Right. That. Uh, that, but the purpose of my life is to serve other people, right. not to indulge myself. Right. And to have that applied to nutrition, not just how I spend my time or what role I'm fulfilling, but no. So I asked him to explain that to me. He says, well, I could make a choice to eat uh, a nice big hamburger and fries, etc., at lunch. When I make that decision, because I, it'll give me maybe five to 15 minutes of enjoyment because it, it'll taste great, it'll feel good, and my mouth feel good on my tongue. But he says, after that five to 15 minutes, he said, my decision to do that will compromise my role as a husband and a father four hours from now. When you're falling asleep on the couch. When I get home from work, and my wife needs my help, and my son needs me at the door, what am I bringing to the table? Wow. So what am I doing? I am mean, you need to satisfy my selfish desires. But right. when I do that, the consequence of doing that is not to be able to meet my commitments as a husband and a father right. later that day. Because I know it's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. It's a physiological thing. It's going to happen. If I choose to eat this, that's going to happen. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get home. My, the whites of my eyes are going to be yellow. I'm going to feel lethargic. I'm going to feel lazy. I'm going to want to sit down. I'm going to want to rest. Rather than being keyed up and prepared and energetic. When I hit that right. door, that man, I am there for them. Mm-hmm. And so that was a sure. I said, you know, I have I have never heard anybody put the the uh, provide to me a, a principal basis of nutrition and eating patterns better than Garrett did that day.
1: I've never heard it put into those words or anything close to that, but it makes so much sense because we. So so we're, we're such a quick fix society and everybody's all about that immediate gratification, you know, and in the 75 Heart challenge, I've started to kind of it, in in refraining from a lot of those immediate gratification things like you know, a greasy pizza or ice cream and, you know, all those things that I would have reached for before because, yeah, they taste great, you know, but I feel lousy, you know, hours later because of either the gluten or the dairy or, or whatever else it was, and be tired, and, you know, you're not functioning at your best. You're not at your best for yourself, and and in turn, you're not at your best to provide and take care of others and give people the best version of yourself, and so if you can delay that gratification, your, your rewards are going to be a lot better if you're giving up that cheeseburger or that pizza. When you're playing with your son, you're able to keep up with him. You're able to run around. You're able to help your wife, and then she in turn pre- appreciates it. And lo and behold, you know that decision is now affecting your relationship. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've got our you know our four years of life. We've got our our relationships. We've got our mindset. We've got our physical power and our production, which is the way we you know we earn and we make money, our business. And those they're, they're four legs of a table. Yeah. And if we're not taking care of one leg of that table, mm-hmm. guess what? Else, guess what happens? The table's mm-hmm. going to crash over. All the other legs, all the other pillars are going to be affected there. And that's a great example of how they tie together.
0: Yeah, the power I found in Garrett's statement, Garrett Staples, uh, just a tribute to you, Garrett, that's a tribute to you. He said that, uh, you know, once he stated that, that I could identify, I said, you know, that's, that's a principle I can choose to live by. Principles are powerful. They have power that beliefs don't have because uh, people can believe in principles. So principles are uh, exceptionally powerful truths, you know, or they can be also be false. Or false principles. And so here's a here's a true principle, or, or a here's here's a seed that will grow good fruit. Right. And if you practice this, then the harvest will be exceptional, and the fruit. if my mental perspective on why I eat is so that I can serve other people and not to satisfy, you know, satisfy my own time. That, that, so, this, is, this is
1: so huge. I can't even get over
0: that I, I can believe, I can choose to commit to that. As, as a human being, I can commit to a principle. That's the power of a principle. I, I can commit to them and I can keep a commitment to a principle more than I can commit to a uh, um, a 30-day challenge right because a principle can serve me my entire life gosh and so it's a completely different approach it's a completely different view of how I see what I eat you know and Will's just gonna how's this gonna okay me you know tea and uh, May uh, make my body stronger, this, that, and the other, but if I reframe that as well, if I sharpen the frame of that, not only do I feel better, but I will be able to serve. And that's a powerful motivation because uh, this springs from love. Right. And, and care, and kindness, and thoughtfulness, all these things that oh when gosh. we're seeking to serve ourselves, we, those, are, those are not what we're thinking about. Uh,
1: huge nugget of wisdom right there. Huge. Because, I mean, my main goal of this podcast is to help people to overcome the mental barriers that prevent them from getting fit, from taking proper measures with their diets or with their nutrition to, you know, their exercise and just overall doing the things they have to to take care of themselves. And so to reformulate the... The self-talk, and, and, and to, to put it in that kind of language, I mean, I mean that's, uh, what can hit home more than that?
0: Well, it makes the decision easier, right? Then yes. The ice cream or the pizza, and it's not tempting. Right. Because you understand that, well, the so-called satisfaction I would get from that is not satisfaction to no. me anymore.
1: It's short-lived. I mean, so
0: it's... So you look at those things, and they don't present the same challenge or, or temptation at all. Right. I look at them and recognize them for what they are. Right. And well, okay. If I want to pay, and I know exactly what I'm doing. If I choose to pay that price because I want to eat with these people or enjoy a meal with these people, maybe I do want to have a 15 minute, you know, enjoyment mm-hmm. on my tongue. Well, great. That's great. I just know what's going to happen, and I, I try not to let that get in the way. Right. You know. Try to push through that. Sure. So I'm not looking to be antisocial or those other things, but to be able to train. Talking about, for me, it's the, the power of that of commitment to that principle. Yes. Makes, you know, that those are great lenses through which I can look at yes. know, the nutrition world and say, I choose this, not that. And, well, why would it, why would I not choose, you know, those things over there? Well, because I'm committed to other people more than I'm committed to myself, or at least to the ground. Excellent. So, but I wanted the, so it's the other thing is, is with respect to elements, I got to a point where I had this white hot pain of, because you know, I had a white hot goal, and uh, in terms of improving my time, my running time, you know, for the mile. And it was in the course of increasing, you know, watching the uh, increasing intensity of training based on the goal I'm looking for, and understanding that the, is an older, you know, I'm over 50, so the the value that nutrition provides that is is increased because my body is not as forgiving as it was when I was younger. You can, uh, younger, you don't have a wear and tear on your body. When you're 50, you have some life wear and tear on it. So it's not going to be as forgiving when you're uh, cutting corners. So let's not cut corners. So you know, for me, it was how can I? Uh, I, I need food. I I, I want to stop peeling so many hard-boiled eggs. I want to stop eating out of tuna out of a can. Right. <coughs> you know, and uh, raw vegetables. The, those are great in plenty of water. But I and but it just I said, there's got to be a way. There's just got to be a better way to eat whole fresh food. Uh, it's easier than this simpler than this, because the simpler it is, the easier it is, the more predictable it happens, the better the mm-hmm. more predictable the outcomes as a consequence of that behavior. So sure. I want the outcome. Fewer
1: barriers in the way, yeah. the more likely we are, right? and you know, we're gonna be able to carry on and make something become a habit.
0: Right, so I knew uh, growing up, you know, my dad took us into the, we, we hiked a lot. I knew what freeze-dried food was about. You know, we uh, hiked the Sawtooths and the and the Wind Rivers. And, so I knew what freeze-dried was about and uh, and, you know looked into it because uh, the technology has improved over the last, even the last ten years. The freeze-dried technology has become phenomenal. But it's actually, uh, freeze-dried food in the past, you know, forty years ago, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, the, the price was uh, it wasn't an exorbitant price because it's a very expensive way to preserve nutrition. It, sure it happens, happens to be the best way in the world, of course, to, predict, to preserve natural nutrition. But, uh, Talk
1: a little more about how it pre- how it preserves the nutrition as far yeah. as locking the nutrients.
0: So it's really, the elements came as a consequence of wanting fresh farm food and preserving the, the nutritional value of that farm food in a bag that I can eat anytime, anywhere. So that's, that was the objective. Um, Top-level nutrient density. Top-level nutrient density, which means harvest food when it's uh, ready to be harvested, not before. Uh, preserve nutrition of the... Plant of the animal as proximate to uh, you know, intervening in the life force as possible. So once I harvest a fruit or kill an animal, then it's freeze that, flash freeze that food as quickly as possible. Because once it's once the life force is terminated, then um, then the thing begins to die. You're right. It begins the plant or the animal begins to decompose. That's sure. Where, that's it. That's the biology. Life is gone. Right. Now it begins to decompose and in, uh, and cannibalize itself. Sure. And so that means that vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals are being consumed mm-hmm. in uh, being consumed by the plant and t- being dispersed. So it's, so it's even denatured.
1: yeah totally. So
0: even within three to seven days, uh, fruits and vegetables. I mean, they'll lose fifty to seventy percent of their mineral vitamin and phytochemical content.
1: Fifty to seventy percent.
0: Yeah. Within seven days harvest and, and we're harvesting before they're even be, before their uh, nutritional zenith we're harvesting early they're not even right so they're, they're not even ripe so they haven't they haven't even maxed out you know it turned, nutritionally they're compromised we harvest for their compromised because they're sure they're immature well, that's stupid but we, we do that because we think, well we're gonna they'll you know, they'll ripen up or whatever, they'll age during the transportation process. What we harvest early is because they're hard and they won't get bruised as much and they'll be right. pretty for people to buy them in the store and we'll force them to you know mature over time in the back of the truck.
1: So or in a crate somewhere. They might so, be maturing in their texture, but meanwhile the nutrition density is just dropping draining up, draining right just out. Just
0: precipitously. So you go into okay. the yeah, I I say, you know, the 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 perimeter at the store, even the produce section, it looks beautiful, but it's a graveyard. I mean, that's where plants, that's where the plants, the fruits and vegetables, go to die.
1: What was really telling for me, Stan, was you know looking at the Elements website and in reading um, some of the stories behind it, and um, and then some some of the subsequent emails um, of just how far that food has traveled yeah. in many cases. Yeah and and if you think okay it was harvested then but you know it came from thousands of miles away you know maybe it came from Mexico maybe it came from somewhere in Europe i mean yeah. depending on what the product was yeah. and if you think about all that time that like you said it's spent on that truck or that ship or that plane or you know Big carbon that, footprint that
0: <laughs> yeah. huge carbon footprint i did it, yeah every point, every item of food in the grocery store has what is called a food mile attributed to it if it's an actual uh, number that the industry calculates. And so, uh, and a food mile has a has a carbon cost. Because I mean, right. you're, you're packing it, it's sure. being packed somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, like a lot of the cucumbers you get are from Egypt. Wow. Egypt's a huge cucumber producer. We have no idea how they're growing them. Right. Because it's, it's certainly not transparent to us. Sure. Right? Uh, h- almost 100% of the food that we eat, we have no transparency to. Right. You know, we don't know the dirt it's grown in, the water that was provided, you know, what herbicides, pesticides, et cetera, were used on it. You know, we don't know the, the variety. Of the meats, how they
1: were fed or no. what they
0: were fed. Yeah, so very little transparency, which, you know, to me is growing up on a farm where you actually eat what you grow and, and what you, you know, eat what you kill It's like, well, that's crazy.
1: It's kind of scary when you, you stop to think about it. It's like, you know. Well,
0: one of the most intimate acts, we, acts in, in which we as human engage is eating. Sure. I mean in the even in current societies now, it, in in the Middle East and the Near East, you sit when you sit down. And in some tribes, even still in Central and South America, you sit down to eat. That's a that's a sacrament. That's a whole eating together is a holy practice. It's right. a sacred practice. Sure. To share food one with another is a sacred practice. And that uh, ingesting food, putting food you know, to give food to another person that he puts in. She puts it in uh, their mouth,
1: right. And if that food is tainted,
0: then... I mean, that's uh, that's a sacred practice, right. In older societies, and actually, our society—the fact that we've become so divorced from our food—is has never happened in the history of the world, right. In, you know, or even the last fifty years, right. It's a, the relationship that humans have with the food has never been this uh, separated
1: that's a huge point there is the relationship with food. I mean, the, sure the, the, the folks that I, I see that have success, I mean, one of the first things they'll tell me is they have a whole new relationship with food, but, you know, they just, you know, they start taking these things into account. I mean, and it's just, it's kind of interesting. I mean, when you're, you, you talk about where the food has come from and, you know, people, a lot of people say, well, I won't go to that restaurant because I know what happens in the back. I know how they prepare, right. you know, and they're, they're, they're you know, the pizzas are they're dropping it on the floor, and they're using a five-second roll, picking it up, and still using it. You know, but you no we don't, we don't go there. But you know, yeah, we'll we'll go to the grocery store, and you know, those same kinds of things could be happening. You
0: have no idea who, who, who's touched what or, that's or, or, or
1: what's what's been done to it, and yeah. there's no quality control. But because it's at uh, Publix or Kroger or whatever your grocery store is that yeah. you know that is selling it. Um, you know, we, we accept it as, uh, it's perfect and it's yeah. clean and.
0: And, you know, that, I mean, we do have a great food system. I mean, compared to, to the restaurant. Oh, right. I'm not saying that we have a system that works very well. Sure. we're fed very well. I mean, right. we, we throw away more, we, we throw away enough food every year to feed 300 million people. Right. Here in the U.S. Absolutely. So, it's a, it's a very strange place to be where the abundance of, and I shouldn't say the abundance of food. We do have an abundance of food, but we have a more abundance of edible products. Right. You know That aren't food. I mean, the, the crap that is generated by big food, in the big food industry isn't food. They're, it's edible products. Food sure. is stuff that actually is grown from the earth and animals that eat that stuff. Right. Right. And in my house, in our home, our kids grew up, there are two categories of uh, Things edible, and one was food, and the other one was garbage. That's what we called it. Right. And so, you know, Sunday morning is one of those mornings where the only morning we say you could have some cool cereal. Yeah, but uh, you know, Dad, can we have some garbage? I mean, that was the that was the question. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a garbage day. We had garbage days. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, you can eat garbage today. Okay. Let's eat some garbage today. But there was a recognition of. Right. Let's let's call it what it is. Sure. Food is food is this stuff that the earth provides. To
1: but us. you built that awareness early. Yeah. You know, and I, I think there's there's not enough of making kids aware of making the good choices early.
0: Well, they don't we get and, the blessing, John, of being able to plant seeds and see plants grow and being right. fascinated with that. Right. And watching the fruit of these plants, I mean, it's is a mystery. Right. It's a miraculous mystery to me. The 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 relationship between Earth and seed, water, sun and air, and, and uh, inorganic minerals. Right. That the soil and the plant can work together to convert to water-soluble minerals accessible to the human body. It's
1: Quite a phenomenon if you stop to think it's, about it.
0: Show me. Show me human technology can do that. Right. Okay, this is what every plant. can Plant in the soil. Something happens between the plant, and the root, and and, and, and the soil, yep. and the water, and the sun, and and, and our bodies utilize it. I mean, it's just—it's absolutely fascinating. So, what I wanted to do with all of us is really capture, honor food, hold food in that place where it should be. It's a sacred thing. Uh, is there any wonder that people don't respect the earth because they have no respect for, for food culture If right. they did, they would treat the earth a lot better. Right. And regard it. Exactly. But if, if, they, if they have no connection between where food actually comes from and what it takes to grow it, how do we expect them to sure. honor the source if they don't know if it's the source? I mean, it's,
1: it's it, a very common sense. And it, that's what sure. And it starts with us as parents, too. I mean, as, as parents, yeah. we're not modeling that and, and showing them how to respect the food and where it comes from yeah, and to have that kind a, of relationship. Of, you know, A small
0: garden in the backyard?
1: If if we're not modeling that kind of behavior, how are you know how are kids gonna pick up on it?
0: Very hard. Very
1: difficult to you have. Know, they they need to they need to learn to have it somewhere and if they're not getting them from us, you know, yeah. where are they gonna get it from? So, well, so we
0: wanted to capture that. I wanted to capture that nutrient density and yeah. be able to provide that to people because I knew if we didn't capture it then we couldn't deliver it. And so that's really where the elements Food the Elements meals came from is harvesting food when it's right. Flash freezing that food, that food within hours of harvest, and, and all of our animal proteins, naturally raised, pasture raised, and flesh freezing that flesh, you know, within hours of kill, so that uh, the nutrition is there. Cells, the freeze drying food actually preserves even cell structure. Okay. Uh, enzymes uh, remain alive. It doesn't kill the food at all. It actually uh, puts it in a, in a basically a stasis. Sure. And so, uh, the freeze drying technology is uh, we we actually freeze food to a forty uh, degrees below Fahrenheit, okay. gotcha. forty degrees below zero, uh, which makes sure that all of the uh, water, all the H uh, O two molecules in the food are uh, you know, that's all crystallized. That's placed in a, uh, a freeze drying machine, which creates a vacuum, and then uh, air. Uh, Pressure is increased and decreased, and the, uh, the the water molecules change instantaneously from solid to gas, so gotcha. it goes from ice to steam, right? Just instantaneously, without uh, transferring to liquid, from solid to liquid to gas. Oh my gosh! So there's that change because you know you set an ice cube out. You, you sit there if you wanted to, you want to melt it, it become steam. You got to apply a heat, but it's gonna, you know. Most of it's going to become a liquid first before it evaporates. Sure. It's steam, right? Well, in the freeze drying, it's one, one right, reason it's called the freeze drying is the transfer of that water from solid to gas it, is in a dry state. Okay. It never goes liquid. And so that kind of transfer to the water. So what's pulled out of the food is just the water. Right. So the nutritional con- uh, contents, it's still there. All there. Cell structure, there. Flavor, there. Texture, there. Taste there, even the brick slopes. So all that Perfect. stuff is preserved, and it's put in a, in, a, in a point of stasis. So now I don't need to, you know. Now if I, as long as I shelter it from sun, moisture, and air, from light, moisture, and air, then it has a stable shelf life, and that nutrition is very stable over longer periods of time.
1: So basically, a sealed bag and and it's sheltered.
0: Right. So, you know, you buy elements meals, you get it in this bag. It's a multi-function bag. Yes, it and is. Because it's protecting the food from, the, from uh, light, air, and moisture. Yep. And so, uh, no refrigeration required, which yep. makes it just preeminently convenient. Because yeah, you throw it in your bag, in the back sure. of your truck, or you know, the suitcase, or the briefcase, whatever. And the bag yeah, can, can become too. its own bowl. Yeah, the bag can become its own bowl. I love bowl.
1: that feature. There's no uh, cleanup.
0: Yeah, that we're trying to respond to the issue of food waste. There is no waste.
1: Single guys out there, listen to this. There's yeah. there's there's no prep involved. There's no cleanup, and you're getting a great meal. I mean, gosh, what what can be better than that? What
0: can be better? Than that? <laughs> so yeah, you can do right out of the bag as you uh, obviously have, and uh, but you can also plate it. If you're at yeah. home, you just don't want to cook. I mean, there you can plate these foods in wonderful yeah.
1: ways. Like I said before, freeze dried farmer table.
0: That's right good yeah you came up with that phrase i remember can i use that
1: absolutely (laughs) absolutely but yeah i mean it just you know it's just i I find it so exciting because there's so it's going to be great for so many uh, for so many people in general i mean um i mean my daughter already loves it and i you know i think now's the time we you know if we can start making this more accessible to, to children and get them trying this i i think kids will will really take to it as well um I mean, kids can prepare it themselves. I mean, um, you know, they, they can heat up a, a cup of water themselves and, and pour it in. Um, I mean, this morning in the airport, it was, it was perfect for me because, you know, I wanted something nice and clean to eat in the morning, and I knew I had a four-and-a-half-hour flight coming from Tampa to Salt Lake City, and I wanted something that was going to sustain me. And that's, that's the other thing is the how well, because of that nutrient density, is how well it sustains you for a long period of time. I'll let you talk a little more about that because, I mean, the, the meal I had this morning I think was 310 calories. So what did you have? And it was the sweet potato, sweet potato hash. hash with the sausage. Yeah. And 310 calories, but it served me. Isn't that crazy? That's that's the only meal I've had today. And it's, it's 2 o'clock mountain time, which means it's 4 o'clock back on the east coast and i ate that meal I ate that meal about 6 a.m. Yeah. and um, you know that's that's the only meal i've had today yeah. I, I had I had another bar you know when i was uh, on the flight you know a, a little you know an epic bar which is basically protein yeah. but that's i mean that's really the only meal i've had today well, that's but to uh, with that nutrient them density them. it's it's amazing just how well it keeps you satisfied and fills yeah. your body's needs without all these empty calories. Yeah, like Every calorie is, It. I mean, just the efficiency there, it's so well accounted for. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you, you've hit the ball out of the park with this because you're solving every person's pain point. Mm. I mean, you want to get what you need. You want to feel good. You don't want to be under, you know, a lot of people are cutting calories, but they're cutting what they need. They're not, yeah. you know, they're they're bonking. I mean, yeah. um, you got athletes that are bonking. You got people that are passing out, you know, because they're, you know, trying to you know these women that are trying to eat a thousand calories in a day, yeah. you know, and and do an hour of cardio daily, and yeah. you know they're just having a hard time even walking by the end of the day, keeping their eyes open or functioning because, yeah. you know, they're just not getting what they need. I mean, your brain, I mean, just to function, you know, we need those micronutrients. Yeah, and
0: yeah. So it's been, it's been one of the fascinating things to see these meals utilized, and actually to uh, to eat them myself and and experience what, uh, was, uh, to experience in practice what was theory, because, uh, if there's not a ton of science out there on, uh, on caloric value slash nutrient value and energy output. So much focus is put on, you know, calorie in, calorie out kind of calculations, which, uh, which is not accurate. Sure. I mean, it's almost, it's uh, like a gospel truths in nutrition and training circles and it's false. Right. Um, different, different, you know, uh, fat calories are processed different than protein calories. That are processed different than carb calories. Sure. I mean, those are just, those are facts. And, and, uh, that, that calorie in, calorie out, uh, equation defies the second law of thermodynamics. It doesn't even, it doesn't take that into account. Right. And so, uh, much less the nutritional pathways that Mm -hmm. proteins follow versus uh, sugars in uh, in more complex carbs and fats. Sure. And so um, it's, hopefully we can uh, have some participation uh, in that conversation, help people understand that, uh, yeah, you can eat 300 calories of Twinkies or you can have a 300 calorie elements meal. Yeah, a calorie will produce a certain amount of heat you know, it'll need mm-hmm. a certain amount of water. Sure. I want to create a certain amount of time. But, but that's not the, uh, that's uh, that's a very relative value. Uh, that's an anemic way of looking at food. Right. Just based on, it's, a, on a calorie. It's very short sighted. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really wonderful to see how you know, with uh, elite athletes to moms to you know executives, you know, whatever, whoever's just the common man, whoever's eating our foods, to, to see them got this realization that 300 to 400 calories, our caloric content of calories tops out 400 uh, calories. You know, our red lentil doll is 400 calories. Our coconut mm-hmm. meatball, uh, chicken is 400 calories. Uh, the other meals are between 270 and 320. Uh, but to eat a bag of our food, to eat it, one of our servings and then, and come away feeling, man, I'm not hungry and I, I, I feel satisfied, but not full, I feel good. You can really make those calories count. Yeah.
1: The, the striking story, when the first time we spoke, I, I can't remember what type of athletes it, it was, but you you were talking about how some athletes, they use them for a pre-race yeah, meal. Yeah, some Spartan boys. And yeah. instead of having their usual 800 to 1,000-calorie meal. Or even 1,500 calories,
0: yeah. Or even 1,500
1: calories.
0: Carbs, carbs, carbs.
1: Each of them just, just had an elements meal. And I think you told me not only did it sustain, you know, that, that sustained was sufficient for their pre-race meal, but didn't you tell them there was no intra-race nutrition that Correct. they used? Yeah. So they didn't eat anything; didn't consume anything at all during the race.
0: Right. So they ate this, you know, one of these meals, the, the you know, 70 minutes before the before their you know 13-mile obstacle course race, you know, Spartan race, and um, yeah, got it through the race. It's crazy. And, and the co- their coach came back to me and said, "This is nuts. This is nuts. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. How, don't how can care. that? How can that be?" Right. So, yeah,
1: it's, and, and that just struck a chord for me because as a triathlete and having done three Ironmans and then, you know, one of, you're already anxious, it's going be the night before a triathlon, especially, a, you know, an Ironman race, thinking about everything and anything and your equipment and uh, just, every, you know, there's a lot of things that have to go right on that day and one of the things that has to go the most right is your nutrition, you know, and that includes the night before yeah. and... You know, all, all I'm thinking about is, you know, I'm traveling to these races, going to Louisville or going to Panama City Beach or going to Lake Placid, and you need to have, you know, if, you know have you that? kitchen facilities and you know to cook something for yourself. Um, but if you're in a regular hotel room, you might have a microwave and, you know, you, you have the bathroom sink in, in most conventional hotel rooms. So in, in that case, a lot of people are rolling the dice, yeah. you know, with whatever they're going to get at the restaurant, like... Yeah. like and what we said before, you know, you don't know what's happening in that restaurant. Yeah. And, Food quality, transparency. You know, is- and you're going out and you're getting your pasta from, you know, Olive Garden or Caravas or Cheesecake Factory or wherever it <laughs> is that, you know, true story, you know. they there, done that with some of these type of restaurants, you know, pre-race. And, um, yeah. you know, nothing happened. But, it, yeah, you're, you're rolling the dice. Yeah. And, you know... And at the same time, when you're already stressed the night before race, do you really want to be going through the motions of uh, preparing a, a meal? Yeah, so
0: one, of the, and, I think one of the greatest benefits that Elma's growth brings to be a conscientious uh, eater is is really peace of mind. Right. I mean, it, it, quiets, it quiets that anxiety, that mental anxiety down that I, I've got my nutrition handled. No,
1: no problem. Right. And you know, and
0: because it is such clean burning fuel, you're, it's not going to
1: react on you. It's not going you know the next day you're not going to find yourself feeling sick. Right. You're not going to have the gut rot right. or whatever else that you can have from eating these other processed foods or right. foods that you get from takeout. And so yeah, I, I know I know for triathletes. I mean this you know it, it, when triathletes give this a shot, um, they're they're going to absolutely love this because it's going to fuel them. You know, not just for the night before, but the, you know the next day they're going to they're going to feel the effects. Um, Gosh, I mean, you, you need this stuff dry on the bike, I think, would be phenomenal. We have some of those guys that do that. Just and to get it dry. Yeah. I, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't been on the bike much lately, but I, I will try that. I'd rather eat my calories than drink them on, on the bike, so I, I yeah. think uh, I think that would be phenomenal. And it's I, I'd rather have that in my stomach than all the processed sugars and synthetic sweetened things yeah. that you, know, you get in, the, in a goo or some of those gels or some of the waffles and, and whatever else. I mean, yeah. this kind of thing is going to, it's gonna treat your body a lot better. Yeah, okay, it'll
0: be interesting to see how it goes. So,
1: so very good, and, and you know, and I know some folks that are bodybuilders that are very interested in this as well, because when they're doing their cuts with their calories and everything sure. else, I mean, to only have 270 to to 400 calories that they're taking in, and, and to be getting that much bang for their buck with all the the nutrients that they need, um, you know, a lot of these things that uh, people are having to take extra pills just to just to reach, the, reach those you know, daily allowances. Yeah. Um, it's, it goes a long way. So, Stan, how can everyone find you? How can, how can they find you on social media? Yes. What website can they go to to access Elements Meals?
0: Real simple. Just, uh, First, Elements Meals, it's uh,
1: getyourelements.com. Getyourelements.com. And folks, we'll, I'll also have this in the show notes and, uh, and, and how can they find you on Instagram or Facebook, too? How, yeah, how can they find more our information? Our social
0: media with, uh, elements, uh, with Elements is Elements Meals, at Elements Meals. So our Instagram handle, Facebook, is Elements Meals.
1: Oh, okay. And uh,
0: websites, get your Elements. Social media is Elements Meals. Uh, me personally is Stan the Mile Man. So
1: Right. And so, so hashtag Elements Meals. Yes, hashtag Elements Meals. So, and when you have, uh, when you, when you have that moment, you know, where you try it and you realize how much you love it, um, you know, we definitely love to hear from you. Um, so hashtag Elements Meals, because we want to hear about, uh, you know, how well the product is, uh, has treated you and how well, you know, how it's contributed to your success, how it's eliminated your pain points and um, how it's helped you in, in general with your quality of life. Yeah, I'd love
0: to hear good feedback
1: Absolutely. Stan, thank you so much for opening your office to me for this episode, for taking the time to tell us about all your accomplishments, providing so many useful nuggets of wisdom. Um, as promised, best podcast ever for this podcast. And um, once again, um, if, if something resonated with you, please go on and leave a five-star review. Everyone... Thank you for listening. Continue to be your own agent of change. And as always, be good to yourselves.